Thanks so much for listening to episode 110 of the 200 Churches Podcast. I have nothing nice, I have no nice packaging to put around somebody who doesn't want to hear any negative feedback, no constructive criticism, nothing ever except for you're awesome, you're the best, and I love affirmation. I've I've been on record a million times saying this, but I'm not ever going to get better just from people telling me that you are just wonderful, everything that you do is perfect, and everything that you touch turns to gold. Well, that's just not going to help. So let's get realistic and let's welcome some criticism, welcome some constructive feedback, and get better. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry. The Andy and Barney of Ministry Podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady, and I am here with my podcast partner, associate pastor, former colleague in seminary, and current friend. Well, Johnny Craig. Johnny, it's good to see you. Good to see you. I mean, we've seen each other a little bit today. We've so been together far, most of the day. Yeah. Well, okay, all day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All, all right. You know what? I'm I'm just sick of looking <laughs> at you. But can we? Can I'll we? I'll turn my back. Pound this thing out so that we can get out of each other's Let's hair. Let's just do it. We're in the 200 churches studio right now. We are live, and the sunlight is pouring in, and it's freezing cold outside. It's a little cold. No, it's up in the 20s. Yeah. Okay. It was four below <laughs> last night, so it's yeah, not that okay. bad. Okay. You got me there. You got me there. I mean, this isn't Perth, Australia. John. Nor is it Melbourne. Oh, man. So. To live in Australia. Yeah, I know. Beaches. We can only Beaches. hold little drinks with umbrellas in them. And Beaches. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> well, let's get back to reality yeah, here. Okay. Here we go. So, what? this is an old school this is an old school episode. It's a classic Jeff and Johnny mess around. It's just you and I. That's right. Just the two of us. I'm not going to do it. You don't are do trying it, to bait don't, me. No, don't do it. I've no. done it so many times. Okay, so the title of this is Even When It Hurts, mm. Straight Talk with Your Leadership Team. Yes, yes, yes. Now, this past Friday on the February 20, 2015, uh, 200 Churches blog, I wrote about, uh, you know, if... Pastor, if you're going to stay at your church, just please, 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 please do this one thing. Just one thing. Just one thing for your leadership of your church and the people in your church. And the one thing was... Get better. Yeah. Just keep getting better. Develop, learn, grow. Improve. Yeah. Yeah. So I talked about how Johnny had come to me on a Thursday several weeks ago, maybe, I don't know, three, four weeks ago now. With a dagger in my left hand. Yeah, with a dagger in his left hand and a <laughs> slipknot in his right hand. He comes into my office. Real Ehud situation. Yeah. And he says to me, uh, you know, something along the order of, hey, permission to speak freely. Hey, can I have a can I have a, a chat with you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. It's no no problem. You know, sit down. And, and he said yeah, to me. Yeah, you can come pat me on the back. I, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And I don't think he had even sat down. I think you were standing up when you delivered the question. The question. And the question was, how much time did you spend on your message last week? Ooh. And now I'm a big boy, right? I, I, I try to walk with humility and be a learner, right? But come on, you, you, you men and women out there who are pastors, when you have somebody ask you that kind of a question, you know it's not because they want to tell you what a great job you did in such <laughs> little time. 
So, you know, I told him, I mean, I don't keep track. I don't keep a count or anything like that. But I told him what I thought. And, and, uh, 33 hours. Yeah. And he said, uh, he said, really? (laughs) And, and, and he said, you know, I just think, uh, honestly, Johnny, I, I, I I think I, my, my vision is blurry (laughs) at that point. (laughs) But what I took from the encounter was that Johnny was wondering if maybe I needed to adjust my method or my style of delivery in a way to not rely so much on my ability to speak extemporaneously and maybe have some notes that could kind of keep me on track. He indicated that maybe I had a deer in the headlights uh, moment more than once in the previous message and that maybe (laughs) I just needed to you know, maybe I was getting uh, uh, on in years to the point where I, I wasn't able now, to just pull up things on. as quickly. And I mean, that's that's what I took from that it. That wasn't tr- and what so I was trying to most say. Not, I, we understand that most of our listeners on to the podcast, uh, a lot of our listeners to the podcast are not necessarily the readers of our blog. Right. So we're not going to assume that all of you read that blog. So I, I just want to say that, um, as I said in the blog, it in the blog post, it, it stung a little bit, but... I know Johnny. I know he wouldn't want to hurt me. I know that he's what he's doing is for my best, for the best for our church, to honor God, blah, blah, blah. So I took it, and I thought about it. And all of a sudden, Johnny Craig became public enemy number one Now, Jeff, this to is this all... pastor. My I... harshest critic. I didn't know any of this. You Come did on. not divulge this with me. I came into your office. It had been a couple of weeks. Okay, so give us give us a couple of weeks. Oh, oh, oh yes, a couple of weeks, Jeff. I'm not so going to come was after more you than one. one bad sermon. So there was more than one s- sermon. That I don't. It's not about this. And this is this is this was my whole thing. So what are you in the process of waiting to tell me right now? This was my hesitation to come into your office that day. Was it wasn't about oh you're bad. Your sermons are bad. I was concerned that you weren't delivering the messages you wanted to deliver. Um, it, it, let everyone know that Johnny had a air quotes here concern. <laughs> come on, man! Okay, come on, keep going. So, okay, you know, from your perspective, you and my perspective. Okay, you you had you had just been coming out of the roughest time in your life. I mean, without a doubt, right? You, your son was in the hospital. He had everything that was going on with that. You had been trying to, and succeeding, not just trying, right? But you had been going from Lincoln and back every week and preaching on weekends and then going back uh, to Lincoln for the week for your son's rehabilitation. Right, right. So you were just, you were getting tired and worn out and all this kind of stuff. But you are, you know, the king of the be a good soldier line. And so you were doing what you felt like you were supposed to do and had to do and all this. I was sitting, you know, listening, and it wasn't as though it was horrible sermons. Like you said in the blog, people had actually complimented you. Yeah, but but some people complimented me that made me a little bit nervous because, you know, when certain people compliment you, you're excited about it, and then when others compliment you, you kind of wonder, ooh. <laughs> so anyway, keep keep going. So you had been taking some compliments, whatever, but I know what kind of sermon you want to preach. And I know what kind of sermon you can preach. And I wasn't seeing you hitting the marks that I think you would have wanted to hit. And I said to Kayla, you know, I feel like I should talk to Jeff about this, but I don't want to. 
I don't want to talk to you. So them. you had a conversation with your wife. Yes. About this, about mm-hmm. talking to me. Yes. Okay. So to our listeners, P.S. <laughs> Johnny and I have probably what I would consider what one of the best case scenario relationships. Oh, yeah. On staff, absolutely. Okay. Even for us, it's hard to confront. Oh, to, yeah. To enter a possible conflict because a conflict in your mind leads to maybe a skirmish, and a skirmish leads to a battle, and a battle leads to a war, and a war leads to Armageddon, and Armageddon, the, <laughs> the blood is to the horse's bridles. So how are you going to work through something like that? So we often just we just kind of avoid conflict. So, Johnny, you, you, you were feeling like this for more than one week, a yeah. couple weeks. Honestly, and yes, yeah. you were thinking about, confronting me with it or not not confronting but but just talking to sure. me about well, it. Well, however you want to say it, the the idea being that you I know what you're capable of and I've seen what you're capable of and when you're when you're not doing that, when you're not hitting that mark like I was saying earlier, I don't think you'd be happy about that. But we don't know. As pastors, we don't know. Like sometimes I get up and I preach a sermon and it's, you know, it's like a, I'm trying to bunt out of the infield basically. You know, sometimes you hit a home run. But who knows? And sometimes you feel like you bunted it and people are telling you you hit a home run. We as pastors, it's hard to judge this stuff yourself. So I wanted to go to you and just say, "Hey, like what what are you how are you going through your messages? How are you preparing because I I don't know that you're getting your best out of them. And I wasn't doing it to be mean <laughs> or or to like knock you down a, a position. And that's why I was so nervous is because I didn't want to come to your office and have you feel like I was attempting a hostile takeover or something like that. Why did you have Haddon Robinson's book under your arm, Biblical <laughs> Preaching? <laughs> it was just a happenstance. Dog-eared. That was under one arm. Leading up was under the other arm. No, it was it was a hard moment, and I had talked to my wife, and I said, you know, should I talk to him? And she, she didn't think I should, honestly. She had said, well, I don't know. That might only end badly. So I had sat on it. Yeah, I came in on a Thursday. In retrospect, not the best time to come into your office. Because for, for Johnny and I, Thursdays are the end of the week. Yes, so we don't work on Friday. Thursday night, I say goodbye to Johnny, and then I see him again, generally on Sunday morning. Sunday morning, yeah. Unless we're preaching, co-preaching a message, we see each other Saturday night. Right. But Fridays and Saturdays, we're, we generally don't see each other. Right. So Thursday would have been a, a tough time, but I ha- I felt like I had to get off my chest. I mean, it was burning. It really was. Um, and so I felt like I got to get in there and I got to talk to Jeff. It's the right thing to do, even if it's the hard thing to do. And I went in and we and we had the conversation. And I thought, I walked out and I thought, wow, that was better than I could have ever hoped. Like Jeff heard me and like like understood and we had understanding and we were and nobody like was crying and I can go home and I told my wife I did it. She said, Wow, good for you, and then that was the end of it. I was crying on the inside, Johnny. And then I read your blog. And then I read the blog, and it's all of this that it hurts and all these kinds of things. And I'm thinking, where is this coming from? So Johnny Johnny reads on a Friday the blog post for 200 churches that I wrote on a Thursday night. And some of this is revelatory to him. It was. Because he didn't know my innermost feelings that day that you came at me 
That's exactly, yeah, so, I read this blog and it makes it seem as though you were attacked in the <laughs> office. Here you are sitting at the pastoral desk. That's right. And Judas comes in. That's how oh, it read man. to me a little bit. And it was, uh, was yeah, that was kind of funny. So, so. so in that post, I was just trying to be honest that, yeah. that even in a best case scenario, when uh, one of your elders or one of your deacons one of your ministry leaders comes to you and says, you know, criticizes, in some way critiques something you've done in, in a less than positive way, it, it stings. It stings a little yeah. bit. And and for me, see, I'm already, in, and some of you pastors are in the same boat. And it doesn't matter, in this case, whether you're a man or a woman. If you are an older pastor, hopefully, hopefully you're bringing along younger leaders to join you, and you are bringing along, hopefully, you're finding top-shelf, high-quality leaders like I found in you, Johnny, and they're coming along and working with you, and if you're not careful, well, even if you're careful, you feel, let's be honest, you feel a little bit intimidated that this younger guy or this younger girl is really, uh, can is way ahead of you when you were their age. And and then that and then that guy comes in or that girl comes in and says, "Hey, you know, I, I you know I know that you want to do better than you've been doing," and and immediately there's a little bit of self doubt, there's a little bit of of a chink in the armor of sure. your self esteem, and for me, there's a little bit of a little bit of a question mark: Am I am I past my prime? Hmm. Am I because I have I have been going through uh, a tough season yeah. of life and ministry uh, all the while doing this podcast, you know, all the while kind of you're a good soldier. Li- I'm a good soldier, man. You know, living this yeah. this quasi public life each week, uh, episode after episode, but also trying to just be real and trying to, yeah. you know, allow people to be encouraged. Well, podcasts like this that- are real. This is one of the realest yeah. ones we've done in a while. This is, you know, Jeff, you're talking, and this is, I think, one of the moments where our generational difference is highlighted, and, and I think the goodness of it comes out for why this podcast is is so great. I am always ready for you to tell me something critical, and I, and I don't think I'm just saying that. When you, when, when and we told the story, I, I went to St. Louis, I had some students with me. You want to talk about bad timing. I get to St. Louis for a, for a conference with some students, and yeah, you had called yeah, yeah. me. We got to talk, you know, and you dropped it on me. Like, here's all the things that you've been falling short on and kind of the balls that have been dropping and all this kind of stuff. And, oh, man, here I am in St. Louis. <laughs> like, I can't even do anything about it type of thing. I think I, I heard you. I, and maybe my memory, maybe I took it harder than I'm remembering. It didn't feel good. But as a younger leader, knowing that I have to grow, knowing that I have to learn, I feel like I'm ready for critical feedback in a lot of ways. But I think that my we're stressed out, the 20-somethings, maybe even the 30-somethings, to go to an older person, our boss, our mentor, our superior, and try to suggest, hey, maybe there's just a couple, maybe there's just a couple things you could... Just, what? Just a couple of things. Go back you to can... your corner. Right. Go lay down. <laughs> right. And I, I don't. I'm not pretending to be the most humble person in the world, but I expect to screw things up because of my age and how long I've been doing it. But coming to somebody who has more experience, more power, more authority, and saying, 
hey, by the way, this wasn't good. That is stressful. So let's go back to that moment. And you came in my office, yeah. right? And you weren't quite sure how to ask it. And you kind of fell into this question of how long did you spend preparing? I mean, looking back on it, that was kind of a kind of a not the question you you probably <laughs> planned to start out with, right? No, I had a poor plan walking into the room. One of those roundabout questions. And, and so what was your, I mean, just on, on all seriousness, what was the, the desire of your heart coming in to have that what could be a difficult conversation? The desire of my heart was you are the pastor of this church and you should be the pastor of the church and you're going to continue to be the pastor of this church. You want to do the best job that you can do. And and if you haven't been in some area, I feel I should help you recognize that so that the change can be made. That was my heart. And what presuppositions did you have about me well, going into that? That's a huge thing. The presupposition that you loved me, right? And that, that we trust each other, that, you know, we've spent hours and hours and hours in conversation about conflict and leadership development, right. and that we have all of this in the, in the past. You know, the fact that we are, we try to be very open with each other. I, I talked to you about my struggles when we're planning a sermon. You brought this up. We were talking today at lunch. You know, we're planning a sermon and you have an idea and I don't think maybe it's the best idea. I just say that. I don't even think about it in that moment. I'll just so say disrespectful. It. It's so disrespectful. <laughs> but that we go back and forth, that we bounce these things off each other, that to say, I don't know about that is not offensive. But still to come into that room, even with all of that, even with the trust and the love and like we're on the same team and we've contradicted each other before and it's been okay, to come in and say, Hey, here's your job. I'm not sure that you're doing it as well as you want to do it. And that's a big thing. Not as well as I want you to do it as well as I know you want to do it. That's really hard. That is a hard conversation to have because it's not just like, Oh, here's an idea you had that I don't think is great. That's fine. We're talking about something that has happened. We're talking about the way you carry out your job. This isn't some theory that we're throwing around the room. This is like rubber meets the road life that's happening and i have to tell you hey maybe just think about this and see if i'm right and so my recollection of that of that conversation is that is it was kind of ouch sure that you came in and you basically told me hey you didn't hit it out of the park the last few sundays i'm a little concerned about your preaching and Basically, you know, some of that. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and so, so here I am, you know, <laughs> on a Thursday, I've got like three days. Yeah. So on a Thursday, so I'm a good man for the next few days, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, where, where am I at here? And, it, and, you know, pastor, it's hard to, it's hard to gin up passion if you don't have it. Right. It's hard to um, fake it if you have any amount of integrity at all. Right. And you don't want to. Um, and so I just remember feeling feeling badly in, in that. And I'm not, I wasn't really blaming you because, like I said, I knew. I knew I, hadn't, I didn't have an edge those, those Sundays. Sure. I knew that if I would have just put a little more thought, a little more prep, 
a little more focus into what was I trying to accomplish on those Sundays. Like I said, one of them was a, was a fat passage of Scripture because we were going through a book and right. we wanted to cover a certain section. And I did kind of a running commentary on it. Yeah. There was no, like, punch to it. There was no focus. There was no big idea that I was driving for right, through right. that whole message. And so I had to I had to think through that. So, uh, Pastor, if you're you're listening to this, and you might be saying to yourself, "Wow, I, I don't really have people on my team that would do that to me," or maybe or maybe some come in and they just do it, but they really don't have the moral authority to speak that sensitively into your life. Sure, they don't have the relationship built with you. They right. haven't earned There's no trust. Yeah, they haven't earned your ear right. in that way. So. Part of what we what I wanted to accomplish, asking Johnny to kind of tell his side of it in this episode, is to challenge you as a pastor to think, how have I developed relationships in my church? You might have a church, like I said earlier, of 30 people. I pastored a church of 30 people for several years. I know what that's like. And I had a handful. I had two or three ministry leaders in that church, maybe four, that were helping me. Uh, that I looked at as as ministry leaders, department heads, right. you know, volunteer staff, whatever. I want to challenge you to develop this kind of a relationship, working relationship, where even if it hurts, they're going to give you the straight talk, the feedback that you need. And, of course, you've got to decide what you're going to then do with that. Sure. But I was running a little scared that next Sunday. I mean... I was making well, sure I was dotting my I's and crossing my T's. That was never my intention. No, but from my perspective, now I got a guy who's a good speaker. I mean, you hadn't even preached before you came to this church, and you took to preaching and teaching like a fish to water. I mean, it, you just have the gift, right? So now I'm stuck with this guy, you know, who's got this gift. <laughs> stuck. <laughs> And I've got you, this gifted guy it, just lounging around. And if yeah. when you work on it, I mean, you can produce phenomenal messages. And so I knew that you were going to be, I mean, obviously, you're going to kind of be listening. And, and you didn't have a critical heart that, okay, I'm going to see what Jeff does this Sunday since I just talked to him on Thursday. No, not at all. You know, I, And I knew that wasn't your heart. But somehow, somehow, and I haven't really, I haven't really um, uh, dissected this yet. But somehow I I was different that following Sunday. There was something different about my heart and my attention and my focus. And uh, and now and now I'm recalling you you were out in the lobby waiting for me. I was absolutely because you it was so passionate. And that was the piece that I hadn't seen those weeks weeks leading up. Look, this is kind of an aside, but it's related. We are. I have no interest in doing church because we're supposed to do church. I have no interest in preaching a message because people have shown up to hear it. That's not interesting to me at all. I am interested in getting really excited about God's truth and trying to get other people excited about it. I'm really interested in teaching important things. And for a couple of weeks, it seemed like you were uh, you were doing what you had to do. You You are required to get up and give a sermon and it, it you didn't look like you had necessarily wanted to do that uh, you know or were excited about it in any way and that was the thing that I knew I know that we have the same heart about church that we don't do church because we're supposed to we're not playing dress up on Sundays and so when you got up that next Sunday you were excited 
you were passionate, you had something to say that was important, you had teaching that was important to give. And I came out and I said, maybe not everybody even understood that. Maybe you didn't like put all the cookies on the lowest shelf, but man, oh man, you were excited about it. And man, oh man, you said what was real and true and what needed to be said. And that meant everything to me. And I think that it meant everything to the people who were there. And I really don't know what the difference was from one Sunday to the next. But I do know that you talking to me about it um, had something to do with it, right? You, sure. You, you tuned me into to a signal that I, that I really was not tuning into. And I kind of knew it, but, I, I, yeah, I, I was tired. And, um, uh, there, like you said, there are some Sundays when you're just yeah. you're not completely on. Right. Uh, but I don't want you to be here. If you're not going to challenge me to be the best I can be, and if I can't challenge you to be the best you can be, uh, that's not a very fun relationship. Yeah, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I, and that's the thing is, look, Pastor, you're not called to do your job just cause, <laughs> just cause it's Sunday. Like that does not cut the mustard, man. You are called to get up and share God's word, share the truth, share passion for Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do. And 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 I think that that's so important to remember. We're not playing dress up, we're not playing church, we're not punching a time clock. That's not what it's about to be a pastor and that's so important. Jeff, as you were talking, I'm realizing because of our relationship, you weren't worried of of all the things that you felt and all the things that you wondered, you know, and and I, you know, cut you to the quick and I'm sorry, but you never thought that I was sitting lying in wait with a little group of cronies uh, developing my own subplot to like move in on your territory or to break off and go somewhere else. You weren't worried about that. You know, no. And I kind of want to chuckle at that, but then I, pardon me, don't, I don't want to chuckle because I know some of our listeners have to live that. And that's exactly what I was going to say is maybe you have people in your church and they'll come to you and tell you that it's bad and you know that that's what they're about. And they've been talking to others about it. They don't dictate your direction. Those people aren't on your team. <laughs> like Those are not the people you listen to. Only other person I told about this was my wife. And I tell you, she didn't tell anybody. Uh, it's nobody's business. That's between me and you. And so you know if you have that type of situation in your church, you know, you, you need to get some leaders around you and build some trust because you can't have those types of external forces trying to run the show. And, you know, you, we, we don't build trust if we're not authentic and open and honest exactly. with the people who we lead, with whom we lead. And, and we have to build that trust, and we have to build that relationship of openness so that the people around us feel like when they see something, they can come to us and talk to us about it. Because here's the problem. The people will talk about it. The question is, will they talk about it with you? Because, Johnny, if, if you hadn't spoken to me about it um, and it continued for too many Sundays, perhaps one Sunday one of our other leaders would come to you and say, hey, Johnny, how, what, what's up with Jeff, man? How, sure. How, how's he doing? He's not, he just doesn't seem to be, to be on his game. When, when are you preaching next? Hmm, you yeah. know, and those little seeds start to get planted, yeah, and they start to sprout, and then you've got why, why, because truth cannot be spoken 
for fear of a conflict or confrontation. Right. Truth, what, what did Jesus say, right? He said, the truth will set you free. Yeah. And how, how often is that phrase used, right, out of context? But the, but the very genesis of that, of that phrase, the fact that truth brings freedom, I mean, that's, that's true in every situation, yeah. and it's true in this situation. When we can speak truth into each other's lives, that is always going to bring freedom. In our case, freedom to communicate, freedom to grow, freedom to not be threatened, freedom to know a conversation without the threat of other things going on behind the scenes. So what, what would happen if you went to your next board meeting, elder, deacon, trustee, I don't know, whatever you call your leadership, what would happen if you went to your next board meeting and sat him down and said, hey, how have I been doing? Hey, where do we need to work on our church? Hey, how have, how have I been developing you guys or you women? What, would they be like, what's happening? Why are we being asked for feedback? <laughs> this is not normal. And maybe they would. And maybe you just asked the question three months in a row, four months in a row, five months in a row. How do you start to build this environment where people know that you want their feedback? When I get a volunteer to work with the youth with me, I send them down, I buy them a cup of coffee, and I say to them, look, I don't pretend that I am an expert at this. I want you to always know that you can come to me and tell me what you think we should change, what you think uh, I can change, what maybe we don't do right. And when I have meetings with them, after I have follow-ups and things, I sit down and I say, what did you think of last week? How could that have gone better? What do you think? And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to lead them into self-criticism. I'm trying to say, let's look at the whole picture, you, me, the program, everything, and say, honestly, could it be better? If so, let's make it better. There is nothing, don't, if you are afraid of that, you're in the wrong business. Because like we said at the beginning of this podcast, if you're going to do one thing as a pastor, get better. I would make this recommendation. If you haven't talked to your board members or to your ministry team like this before, maybe the way that you start is you sit down with them and you say, you know what, I've been struggling with this area of ministry And here's how I've been struggling. And share that struggle with them. Share the failure or the weakness that you're trying to work through. And then ask them, you know, I'm sure you've seen this. And what suggestions do you have? Or here's how you can help me. At the very least, would you pray for me and offer me any constructive, you know, criticism or suggestions you might want to offer me? And, And open the door and ask them to walk through it. Now, if you've got you know if you've got five people on your team and you know two of them are just walking around with a sledgehammer, you know don't ask those two then. <laughs> ask the other three. It's right. just not going to be helpful. They don't probably yeah, have the right spirit. That. Yeah, you don't have the right relationship. They haven't built the right trust with you. So then sit down with the other three and say, hey, you know, and I'm not saying to to form a rift on your board or anything. No, but, no, no, no. You know, no. even one at a time, you just say, you know, I've been struggling in this area. Begin to. Begin to create an atmosphere and a relationship with your leadership team of openness and honesty, of vulnerability and humility on your part so that they feel comfortable coming to you and being honest with you and open with you. Because, you know, in the in the absence of that, they will talk, Yeah, but they'll talk to others. It just won't be with you. Yeah, and you, you can hardly blame them because 
perhaps we, as pastors, we build this wall that we expect our leaders to, to try to hurdle, and, and they don't. And they just stay on the other side of it, and they just talk amongst themselves. And that is just not a good, healthy relationship. And then it's going to hurt, but it's not going to hurt in a proactive, productive way. Johnny, we have, in just weeks, months, probably weeks, we have impending staff evaluations coming up. Yes, we do. And we have the staff development team of four gentlemen. Why did we call them together? I don't know. I don't know why I created that. It was a bad that. decision. But they, they are going to, <laughs> with some of our people, yeah. do, do evaluations yeah. with us. And there's going to be some constructive criticism. Uh, I know that there is. I mean, if there isn't... I hope so. I look forward yeah, to it. Yeah, if there isn't, they're incompetent, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Because we're not perfect. No, no. And and in humility but with confidence and with determination and commitment to get better, we enter into that process, Right. you know, because these are the guys who know us and love us the most in our church and on our teams. And they're the ones who are going to, they're going to be, you know, the wounds of a friend. Right. Right. Are going to be helpful and hopefully, well, maybe encouraging to us. And... Look, it's, <laughs> I just, I just go back to this over and over and over. Yes. Nobody likes to get negative feedback. Yes. Constructive criticism always comes with a little tinge of pain, but so does like growing up. <laughs> Like, so does every good thing in life. And if you're not willing to learn and get better and let somebody tell you, hey, maybe you're not strong in this area. I I mean, what are you doing? I can't say it nicely. What are you doing with your life that you have that mentality? I have nothing nice. I have no nice packaging to put around somebody who doesn't want to hear any negative feedback, no constructive criticism, nothing ever except for you're awesome, you're the best. And I love affirmation. I've I've been on record a million times saying this, but I'm not ever going to get better just from people telling me that you are just wonderful. Everything that you do is perfect and everything that you touch turns to gold. Well, that's just not going to help. So Let's get realistic and let's welcome some criticism, welcome some constructive feedback and get better and really seriously get better. Guess what? You have not arrived. There's good news, though. You can get better. So let's do that. Wow, I'm having flashbacks to that day when you came. Oh, come on. You're okay, Pastor. We love you. You're you're doing a good job. You are doing... I'm not saying anybody's doing a bad job. Just don't quit. Just keep going day after day. You're doing a phenomenal (laughs) job. I'm sure you are. And you can can do even better. So keep getting better. Take from this conversation what you will. But, well, Johnny just told you to take from it (laughs) exactly what he will. Um, But seriously, take a... get, get, Get that commitment to have an open honest, truth-telling relationship with the leadership of your church. Because, you know, when it all comes down to it, and we haven't talked real syrupy spiritual in this episode, when it all comes down to it, we serve Jesus, right? Yeah, we serve yeah the, absolutely. Amen. the Savior, the Master. We are the shepherds of his sheep, the under-shepherd, right, with the great shepherd. And, and, it's, and it's about the kingdom of heaven, and it's about the kingdom of God. And this isn't ours to just do with what we want to. And if, we, if we're if we not taking it seriously, if we're not trying to get better, 
then, you know, shame on us. And there are times when, you know, you push, you push, you work, you work, and then you then you release and you rest a little bit. You have, might have to Absolutely. coast just a little bit and get have a rest season. Yes, yes, yes. But we can't live in that rest season. Um, we do have and, – and even, like I said, rest is restorative. Rest right. is, you know, rest makes rejuvenating, you and yeah. it makes us better. Right. So – uh, hope that you've taken from this that we love working together. Um, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes we're a pain in each other's butt. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, we would have it no other way. <laughs> and I hope that something in this episode has been encouraging to you to, to keep going and to keep getting better and to build that open communication with your leadership team so that even when it hurts, they give you the straight talk the things you need to hear, whether or not you want to hear it. Johnny, any final thought? or I laid it out. I, feel, I hope nobody like turned it off in the middle of that because I love you. I love our listeners. I have a heart for pastors, and pastors doing a good job, and, and I'm not calling anybody into question. Uh, I just I know that you want to do better. I know I want to do better, and we have an opportunity to do that. So let's do it for the kingdom. For the kingdom of God, let's do it. Next week on episode 112, no, episode 111. 111, yeah. It's Dave the Animal wow. Jacobs. There you go. What do we used to call him? The coach? coach. The, the coach? Yeah, coach. but now I've changed it now. It's the Dave animal. the Animal Uh-oh. Jacobs from smallchurchpastor.com. He's going to be talking about the vision thing. I love it. The vision thing. I love it. So we'll see you next week on the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 church.